What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, Thursday, May 13th, 2021, and it seems a day doesn't go by where America under Joe Biden isn't dealing with some sort of crisis. A crisis at the border, a labor crisis, a crisis in the Middle East, a soon-to-be inflation crisis, and of course the dreaded gas prices crisis. Gas scarce, and the lines are long, especially along the eastern seaboard after that cyber attack shut down a major U.S. pipeline. Now, this is looking pretty much like Jimmy Carter's late 1970s America. Google it, Gen Zers. Uh, the good news is that it looks like the pipeline has now restarted some of its services, so relief is on the way soon. But, folks, let's be honest. Uh, even when gas is readily available, it is now averaging over 3 bucks a gallon across the country, and that's uh, cheap in some places, actually. So what's happened here? Well, President Biden spoke about this energy crisis today at the White House. As of yesterday evening, Colonial has begun restarting the flow of refined products in their pipeline. This morning, Colonial reported that fuel is beginning to flow to a majority of the markets that they service, and they should be reaching full operational capacity as we speak, as I speak to you right now. That is good news. But I want to be clear, we'll not feel the effects uh, at the pump immediately. This is not like flicking on a light switch. This pipeline is 5,500 miles long. It had never been fully shut down its entire history. And so, uh, so fully, and we have to, now they have to safely and fully return to normal operations. Uh, and it's going to take some time. And there may be some hip, hip hiccups like I just had along the way here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been, hey, Joe, there's been some, <laughs> there's been some hiccups along the way for sure, uh, but we don't have time for that right now. All right, we'll see how all of this plays out. Uh, as it stands now, we have more than 10,000 gas stations uh, across the southeast of the country that are out of fuel. So what's happening here exactly? I want to bring in our first guest who can Give us some answers. Uh, joining us now, the former governor of Texas, former energy secretary under President Trump, Rick Perry. Governor, great to see you again, sir. Good to be with you, David. Thank you. Well, take us through this. I mean, Americans want to understand what's happening, what's happening with this current energy crisis and what can be done here. Yeah, well, this was a wake-up call. Uh, get ready for more of this, and not necessarily just because of a uh, terrorist attack using the cyber world is the way to do it. Get ready for it because this administration is making it almost impossible uh, to open up any new pipelines. Uh, even the current Secretary of Energy said that the safest way to move product in the country is with pipelines. And they're shutting them down, which means they're going to be moving this product around on rail, on trucks. Uh, which is substantially more dangerous. 
But the idea that uh, uh, th this is kind of a hiccup, <laughs> uh, it's not a hiccup. Uh, this is a canary in the, in the coal mine. This is, uh, get ready, America. Uh, you had a president that had made us energy independent. As a matter of fact, we were energy dominant. Uh, there was plenty of supply, uh, a lot of jobs out there, particularly union jobs building those pipelines, uh, jobs out in the oil and gas industry. And, and all of that, if AOC and Biden have their way, is going to go away. Uh, they're, they're wanting to put all of their marbles into wind and solar and renewables. And listen, I, I was a big supporter of wind, but you can't put all your marbles there because if you do, uh, the wind's going to stop blowing someday. The sun's not going to shine uh, every day on those solar panels. And you're going to have an energy crisis like nothing we've ever seen before. So President Trump had us on a really good track. We no longer could be held hostage by foreign countries. And I'll tell you who the big winner is, although Russia most likely is who, uh, th this is actually a Russia, Russia, Russia story <laughs> that's correct. Uh, but, the, but the real winner in this is China, hmm. because China has uh, the bulk of the, of the solar manufacturing. I think they've got like 80% of, the, uh, of the raw earth materials that are used for solar manufacturing. I mean, they are, they are laughing in a big way uh, about what's going on with this administration. So yeah. um, $3, $3 gasoline, maybe just to start, uh, we're fixing to see inflation like uh, uh, maybe we haven't seen since uh, back in the uh, uh, the late 70s, early 80s. It's it's going to be a brutal period of time for America. And this administration, uh, like it or not, they're going to have to own it because President Trump had us headed in a really good direction. And these guys have spent all of their time, all of their time doing away with the things that we were working on to make for a better country economically, national security wise. We've never seen peace break out in the Middle East uh, under Donald Trump. And now we're seeing what this administration's policies are doing halfway around the world in the Middle East. Right. It's, it's right. really scary. So, so just to be clear, you're talking about $3 as an average price for gas in this country. That, that, that's the floor. I mean, there, there's a ceiling yeah. here under this administration, you're saying. I think- Or there's that, no ceiling, uh, there's no ceiling. I think, I think more of these attacks, unless the, you know, we tried to get the, the cybersecurity uh, focused over at the Department of Energy. Congress didn't want to do that. I still think it makes a lot of sense. FERC and the TSA is not where pipeline safety needs to be. Put it in a, an agency that actually has the expertise. Those men and women at our national labs, like the Idaho National Lab, which have, they have a grid out there, which they can break it and they can test it. They can do a lot of, uh, of things with it that you can't just do out in the, uh, in, in the regular economy. Let the Department of Energy really take this over. Use those national labs. They're not Democrats, they're not Republicans, they're just good American patriots that will find the answers to uh, cybersecurity for our, our nuclear plants, for our pipelines, for our electrical grids. Yeah. If we don't get focused on that, expect to see more of these attacks by these rogue uh, actors out there. While I have you here, I want to switch over to another crisis. I mean, how many crises are there out there? But, but here's another one in, over in the Middle East. Uh, we have a president of the United States who has 
literally, and I literally been silent. I have not heard one word from him on, on video. Uh, he hasn't said anything. I mean, we. I think there was a statement put out, and Jen Psaki from the podium. But he has not. He's. It's like they don't want to engage at all in any of this. And the Democratic Party, uh, as it relates to supporting Israel. I mean, how, how does Nancy Pelosi and Biden and all those folks let them get them as an AOC and Elon Omar and all that? How do they let them get away with all this anti-Israel rhetoric? It's it's shameful. That, it's shameful. That that to me is 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 the real uh, real issue is that for their members of Congress to be attacking the greatest friend that America has, Israel, uh, with the uh, the rhetoric that they're using. I mean, th this is unconscionable. And for Joe Biden and for Nancy Pelosi, for Chuck Schumer uh, to to be silent on this, um, I mean, how do you sleep with yourself at night when you've got that kind of attack going on for purely political reasons? Uh, I mean, I, I will tell you, the, the, this is the type of rhetoric that costs people their lives. Uh, and we, we, we better wake up and recognize that when you've got people in Congress that use this type of language against the greatest friend that America's got, um, not good. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm being kind by saying not good. Yeah, for sure. And, and then as it relates to Israel, there is a biblical answer here. We know that when, uh, you know, to, to have Israel, uh, in essence, uh, be protected and be blessed, uh, it's, it's important from a biblical standpoint to stand with Israel, because if you're going to stand with Israel, you'll receive those blessings as well. Well, indeed. And, and Israel, I mean, God bless them. One of the things that I always appreciated about them, I've been going to Israel since 1992. Mm -hmm. And when they are attacked, they pay back in kind or more. And, and I don't know how many times the, the enemies of Israel have to learn this lesson, but if, when they attack that country, that country will make them pay a heavy price. And we've already seen that with Hamas and with the uh, jihadists that have died uh, on these attacks that, that come out of Gaza. And, and we need to keep it up. I mean, one thing the bad guys understand is power. Yep. And Israel knows how to use it. And I hope America continues to support them, to stand by them, and to uh, uh, return in kind the attacks that go against our great friend Israel. There you go. Governor Rick Perry uh, and former uh, U.S. Energy Secretary under the Trump administration. Thanks for being here. Really good to see you again, sir. God bless you, brother. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, look, uh, Israel's got some Texas swagger. All right. Uh, Rick Perry <laughs> definitely has some Texas swagger. And so they're copacetic on that. And also they're copacetic on the fact that Evangelicals like Rick Perry, uh, a believer uh, in, in Jesus, uh, supports Israel. Evangelicals are Israel's staunchest supporters and allies. No joke. Look it up. More than that, believe me, I'm living it. I can explain more in another segment. Back in a moment. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time uh, to talk to Dave Balsey in a second. Uh, he's the president, of course, of Citizens United on the show a lot, and we love having him. I've got to get his reaction to to this. This came from uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy yesterday after meeting with Biden at the White House. And uh, he was talking about the legitimacy of the election. Well, listen, I got to play this, and it, I had a kind of a scratch your head moment. So, so here it is. I don't think anybody is questioning the legitimacy of the presidential election. I think that is all over with. We're sitting here with the president today. I don't think anybody's questioning the legitimacy of the, of the election, but I thought we, I thought people were questioning the legit. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not quite sure what he was meaning by that. Let's bring in Dave Balsey, president of Citizens United. Uh, Dave, uh, good to see you, sir. What, what was he talking about exactly? Because I, I thought we, I thought people are questioning the legitimacy of it. Well, David, there are many questions about the election. I think what Kevin McCarthy is trying to do is, in, in answering that question, inartfully or on purpose, but he's trying to get past not only that continuing drumbeat of a question by the left-wing media, as well as what went on with Liz Cheney, uh, because they just want to hang this around uh, her neck that she is a martyr that Liz Cheney was the one speaking truth to January 6th and what happened, and that she's the wronged party here. That's just not the way it is. And I think that's what Kevin was, McCarthy was trying to articulate, is that her job as the number three person in the Republican conference is to develop mes the message for the Republican party and then develop the discipline to stay on the message. And the problem with it, it has been for the last several months is Liz Cheney was off message. Liz Cheney was completely distracting the Republican conference from stopping Joe Biden's radical left-wing socialist agenda and what they are doing to destroy this country. She was really a party to allowing these things to happen and allowing the Biden administration to make these moves without a full-throated Republican response because she continuously was attacking Donald Trump, who is not involved in what Joe Biden is doing. Got it. Okay, so so that makes sense. I mean, in the sense that what, what McCarthy was trying to do is like, look, that's not our message going forward, and she was distracting off the message. So, uh, yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. And that's what this, and David, that's what the vote was. In my opinion, that vote, uh, removing her was a was was simply that she had lost the confidence of the conference to do the job that she had, which is the messenger, the message and the messenger. She was off message and people wanted to not have the distraction anymore and move on. And that's what we've done. And now we're solely focused as a party to winning back the House and Senate in 2022. We're solely focused on the midterms and ending this this atrocity that is the Biden administration in a shorter two-year period. Well, let's talk about uh, this this atrocity as you talk about. One of them is HR1. You wrote an op-ed the other day in the Daily Caller. I want to bring it up. Uh, let's take a look. This is the headline. Uh, Woke cancel culture, not the Citizens United decision, is responsible for corporate activism. Why don't you take us through this, Dave, uh, and kind of give people a primer, kind of explain uh, yeah. all of this in totality. <laughs> Well, for, for 10, 11 years, uh, the left, uh, left-wing media and, and the liberals have said that the Citizens United decision has been the worst thing because it allows corporations to, uh, to participate in the political process. And who wants that? 
Okay, and, and, and of course, for the last 11 years since the Citizens United decision at the Supreme Court, that has not happened. There has been no uh, co uh, you know, corruption uh, that was always the fear by the left, the fear factor that they always raise. Right. Now today, with the woke culture, they want corporations. They're demanding that corporations get involved in politics and use their corporate dollars when it benefits them, when it's about woke culture. They want to cancel everyone uh, who disagrees with them. It is, it is exactly uh, an anathema to the First Amendment, what they are doing. Uh, and we as Americans should stand up and fight it. I agree with Bill Maher, which I, I, I rarely, rarely do. I agree with some of these other liberals who recognize the danger of it. You, you know, you look at Ellen DeGeneres, she's being canceled right now. Her 19 year uh, record setting daytime show. That's right. Uh, which I never watched, but it was a popular show uh, off the air. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, you know, the de shocking that you're talking about Democrats and hypocrisy, liberals and hypocrisy. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something that's never been explored before. Actually, it needs to be explored a whole lot more. All right, let, let me bring up this poll that, that just came out uh, as we wrap up the segment. This is an interesting Trafalgar poll. If Trump doesn't run, this is what they've got. Ron DeSantis would lead the pack in 2024. Ted Cruz is there. What is that Mitt Romney? That's weird. Uh, and then Mike ah. Pence. What, what, wait, hold on. How did Romney get in that poll? Uh, Nikki Haley well, down. <laughs> right. I want right. to know who the 10% are. I want to know who the 10% are that are voting. Yeah, no, Romney, I have no idea. No, that must be Liz That's Cheney crazy. and her fr uh, Liz Cheney and friends must have done the Mitt Romney poll 10%. Well, right. they'll be... Go ahead. What's your take there'll on it? Be some well, there'll be some of that. There'll be some of those, uh, you know, the sour grapes, uh, you know, brigade of Liz Cheney and 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 the. Well, you froze. Don't take it the wrong way, Dave Bossy. We'd like to hear like to hear you speak, but you froze. Uh, on the air here at the water cooler. Hopefully we'll get him back in a moment. In the meantime, I think I'll tap dance. Trust me, you don't want to see me tap dance. Uh, but as it relates to that poll, look, DeSantis is leading for a main reason, uh, COVID and his response, as in he is basically the anti-Dr. Fauci. And that's what he is. He's the anti-Dr. Fauci and he's leading. Now, uh, coming in second was it Ted Cruz. He's always going to be kind of around. I mean, Ted Cruz, kind of boilerplate conservative and a lot of people like him a lot of people are like eh, I don't know about it Mitt Romney he needs to get off that poll that makes me question the whole poll quite <laughs> quite frankly that Romney's got 10 percent and then I thought it was interesting to see uh, Mike Pence there right about at Mitt Romney levels which honestly might be kind of true if you think about it because I think there's a lot of distaste right now for Mike Pence uh, and I'm going to say this and I you know I'm a big Mike Pence fan I think that's unfortunate for Mike Pence but if you're getting a Mitt Romney number 10 percent Mike Pence is also 10 percent that's not good for Mike Pence and then of course Nikki Haley uh, trailing uh, there as well so we'll see about Nikki Haley we're trying to get her on the program we hope to get her uh, very very soon all right well it's hopefully we'll get Dave Balsey back another time but you can imagine what he was going to say which is and I can tell you right now he would have said that Ron DeSantis is a superstar in the GOP uh, and he will be for some time. The big question looming over all of this is will Donald Trump run in 2024? What do you think? The water cooler at gmail.com. Justinews.com. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. 
Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Here's a piece of advice. Don't listen to the mainstream media. I'm sorry, did I call them the mainstream media? They are the liberal media because they love to talk about uh, the poor Palestinians who are getting attacked by Israel. No, full stop. Hamas started this and Israel will end it. Let's take a look at this tweet by uh, AOC, who was not happy with Biden's talk about how Israel has a right to defend itself. And AOC said this, blanket statements like these with little context or acknowledgement of what precipitated this cycle of violence, namely the expulsions of Palestinians and attacks on Alaska, dehumanize Palestinians and imply the U.S. will look the other way at human rights violations. It's wrong. You know what, AOC? Stop it. I have some words. I, you know, I'm a Christian, darn it. Wait, that sounds weird. I'm a Christian, darn it. But anyhow, I'm a, I, I got some things to say to AOC. But, uh, you know, h- how about uh, some of the Israeli kids uh, that were killed, number one? Uh, you don't say anything about them. Uh, number two, did you ever uh, say to yourself, oh, hey, wait a minute. Hamas is actually launching rockets and civilian, or civilians, yeah, launching rockets and missiles uh, in civilian areas. They're using the Palestinian people as shields in their own sick, sinful game. All right, you know what? Enough of that. Uh, Pastor Brian Gibson, founder of Peaceably Gather, can say it a whole lot better than I can uh, from an eloquent standpoint. Uh, Pastor Gibson, uh, you know, as you say, come on, just go. I mean, I don't know what to tell you on this. This this is this make me angry. Well, it's obvious, David, with the leftists that um, Israeli lives don't matter. Right. Right, right. Uh, They've made that clear again and again and again. So uh, Hamas has bought itself, uh, in a lot of ways, a generation in the Palestinian authorities by investing in the schools, investing in the kids, and propagating their radical ideologies. And now we're seeing this come to a head. It's really the way they tip the PLO out of power, and now they're doing what they do. And uh, backed by Iran, uh, multiple regimes that have said again and again they want to see the annihilation and the destruction of the Jewish community, and they will not rest until they drive Israel into the sea. So tell me, how do a group of people, how does a nation, how does a community set back and allow uh, this type of behavior, rockets fired into your family? I'd like to ask AOC and all of the leftists and, and bleeding, crying heart liberals for the Palestinians how they would feel if they were taking mortar fire with their families, grandparents, and children, even a school kid in Israel, um, it's time for Israel to push back. Mm-hmm. And hats off that uh, they have to do something. And the international community, um, they need to allow Israel to protect themselves without getting getting um, loud. Or it's always big, bad Israel and poor little Palestinians. But I'm telling you, Hamas is on the offense. Hamas is, is trying to bring terror. And all of this has happened under the Biden administration right now. Notice, notice how we were moving towards peace under a Trump administration, right? right? The old adage, peace through strength. Right now we see conflict through weakness. And they're doing this because they can get away with it today. Uh, we all saw uh, the comments of, of Benjamin Netanyahu, mm-hmm. where he thanked Hamas for unifying. 
right? The Israeli people, unlike in unlike a way he could do himself, because he said you have become a common enemy and a terror to our nation. Uh, we are drawn up. We're ready to go in. He said this time, every inch of ground we take, we will keep. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, if it's my people and I'm leading them, I'll make the same statement. Yeah, for sure. And look, the, the far left in this country uh, believes that the Israelis are on stolen land. That's their whole thing. That their whole thing is like that land belongs to us. And my, my point is, is open your Bible and go to Genesis. I mean, that, that's my view on it. I mean, this, this thing has been going, uh, going on for 6,000 plus years, Pastor. Yes, sir. It's been going on forever. And uh, I'll say this, God gave that land. Uh, I believe with all of my heart to the Jewish people, it is theirs. The archaeology proves they were there first. That's right. And um, it's an encroachment that just keeps coming upon these people's God-given rights and their land. And uh, furthermore, on, on, the, on the whole topic of, of what's happening, uh, even the, the lies of the leftist media, they say this started because Israel evicted uh, some of the Palestinians. Well, it goes back that they weren't paying their rent. There were seven people that weren't paying their rent. Then they talk about a clash at Al-Aqsa. Well, that's because uh, the uh, Palestinians or Hamas or whoever it was were firing, um, I believe, fireworks over people that were at the Western Wall praying. I've been there, David, uh, at the Temple Mount, walked up when kids were throwing stones at Jews, right? First, I didn't know how old they were, but they're being told what to do by an older crowd. I've been there. I've witnessed the conflicts firsthand, and um, I've seen a lot of this agitation. And I'm telling you, it starts where Hamas stirs it up. And so somebody's got to answer. you got to answer the bully. Or you're going to have to live under problems. As, as we wrap up here, I want to have you give us a kind of an analysis of in Genesis. It talks about basically uh, being blessed to support Israel. You will be blessed as well. and You'll be cursed if you don't. I mean, talk, talk to us about that. This is a main reason why evangelicals, and there are many reasons, but this is one, a big one why they support Israel. 100% God favors national Israel, right? And that's coming out of the mouth of a Gentile saved by grace through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm of Scot-Irish descent. I have no, no Jewish blood. But I'll say this, the Bible is clear, that if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse Israel, you'll be cursed. And so whenever you're looking at national policy, or I'm looking at leaders that we might elect, I want to know what their stand is on Israel. Because if they go pushing around Israel or, or not standing with Israel, I believe that there is a national curse. Part of the, part of the hand of God can begin to lift off of a nation because you have not stood for Israel. If you look at the miracle, which is the modern-day nation of Israel, these are a group of people that have been, um, wow, persecuted, sent around the world, right? Uh, you talk about the anti-Semitic spirit that, that's followed them around, and then for them to come back to one place, their motherland as a nation, the only group of people it's ever happened with in the history of America, uh, or not America, of the world, everyone else uh, assimilates into another culture, they came back to that land. It's supernatural. It's theirs. It's given to them. Um, the, the, the honest truth is you should not mess with Israel. That is the honest truth, and I'm glad you're getting it here on Real America's Voice, Just the News, and Pastor Brian Gibson. Sir, great to have you on the show. Thank you, David. It was an honor. All right, great stuff. I mean, th this is why we have Pastor Gibson on the show for a lot of different reasons, but he speaks truth, okay? Now, you might not agree with him, Fine, not a problem, but it's still truthful. Why is it truthful? It's from the Bible. Guess what? The Bible is a book of truth. 
Anyhow, uh, with the, the Israelis, it's kind of like that uh, Elton John song, I'm Still Standing. I'm Still Standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What are you going to do about it? People have been trying to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth forever. Good luck with that. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. I got to tell you, I'm sick and tired of the equivocation from the Biden administration on Israel. You know, how about you call out Hamas and leave it at that? Let's not do any of, uh, well, Israel and Hamas, let's work together. Hey, Hamas started this whole thing and Israel's going to end it, by the way, FYI. I've read the ending. Look, uh, I spoke to former Vice President Mike Pence, uh, what was it, 2020, so about a year or so ago. And I had to bring some of this interview back because I I've just been kind of longing for some coherency and some moral clarity on what's happening in the Middle East. So here's a blast from the past. This is the Trump administration speaking about Israel and all of the Middle East peace deals. Have a look. An historic peace accord. What do you make of it, not just from a news perspective, as everybody wants to talk about the news perspective, but there's a biblical perspective here as well. There are a lot of people of faith who know how precious Israel is, and of course, all countries, but, but Israel has a special place in, in the tapestry of uh, biblical history. David, I call Israel our most cherished ally. And I believe that literally from the founding of this nation, the desire to see the Jewish people restored to their historic homeland was sewn into the hearts of the American people. Mm. They prayed for that day to come, labored for that day to come. And in 1948, it came. Right. And from this White House, uh, it would be uh, President Harry Truman that had the United States be the first nation on earth to recognize the Jewish state of Israel. But I have to tell you, as a strong supporter of Israel, I, I couldn't be more proud. The leadership President Donald Trump has provided this, brought us to this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, first, he's, he made it clear, if the world understands nothing else, they need to understand this. America stands with Israel. It was this president that moved the American embassy to Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel. He recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Mm -hmm. And we've reaffirmed our strong commitment to Israel as perhaps no other administration in my lifetime. But at the same time, President Trump made his very first trip overseas to go to a capital of the Arab world. He brought together more than 50 nations to form a new alliance to, to, to counter radical Islamic terrorism. And we began to forge relationships yeah. within the Arab world. We've, we've isolated the leading state sponsor of terror in the world, uh, in Iran, like no other time uh, in recent memory. But all along the way, those relationships began to be forged. And one month ago, it would be the United Arab Emirates that for the first time in 26 years became an Arab nation that recognized the Jewish state of Israel and established diplomatic relations. And then just a few short days ago, announced on 9-11, mm -hmm. Bahrain, joined the UAE in recognizing Israel. 
And as the president said today, we believe more Arab nations will join us. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a very real sense, I think President Trump demonstrated that as we stand strongly with Israel, but also stand for peace, mm -hmm. that we can see history unfold. Uh, and, and I truly do believe what happened today on the South Lawn of the White House mm -hmm. is the beginning of a new era uh, of peace uh, for Israel, uh, for the wider Arab world. And, um, and it's, uh, it's very humbling for me to be some small part of it. The problem is the Biden administration came along and womp, womp, womp. Uh, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, is someone I also talked to about this. I want to play this. This was about a month before that Mike Pence interview. Have a look. As it relates to the region itself, you mentioned this. What about cooperation from other states? I mean, are you hoping this deal with the UAE leads others, like, for example, Bahrain? I know the big fish, if you will, Saudi Arabia at some point. I mean, that would be huge, obviously. What's I, your sense of how this might be a domino effect? So we've, we've looked at this, and I think the president mentioned it earlier today in the Oval Office. Hmm. It's an icebreaker. Hmm. It's a real icebreaker. And from here, not to mix metaphors, but I think the dominoes are, are likely uh, to fall. Now, who, when, how? Um, there, there are a lot of opportunities out there. And, and look, um, it's, a, it's a great testament to Israel, to its strength, uh, to its people, to what it's managed to develop and discover. I mean, Israel is a, uh, you know, is, is a hub of so much uh, that can help uh, its neighbors mm -hmm. that um, I think it's a great testament to Israel that so many of the neighbors really want to uh, be on the same team. Mm -hmm. uh, the Emirates went first. Uh, Kudos to, um, to the Crown Prince, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, uh, took great courage uh, in leadership. Kudos to Prime Minister Netanyahu for seizing this opportunity. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of politics uh, going on in Israel, and uh, uh, I think he did what's best for the country, and we're, we're grateful that he uh, followed the request of President Trump to take this path. And of course, you know, mm -hmm. the President uh, did something here that uh, neither his uh, predecessor nor his nor the predecessor before him was able to achieve, which is an agreement between Israel and an Arab country. There's going to be some obvious pushback in Israel and here in America from some hardliners. We kind of talked about that a little bit. What's your message, though, to the hardliners to say, look, non-negotiable here, uh, annexation, sovereignty, you know, that needs to be something look, to look at. This agreement does not require Israel to give up one inch of land. So mm -hmm. my advice to them is, look, take a deep breath. You can actually have your cake and eat it too. Hmm. Uh, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Let's try to get as much peace under our belt as possible. Mm -hmm. okay? it, 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 is, uh, it is a rarity when that opportunity arises. You have to seize it. But in no way is anyone suggesting that Israel give up its rights to its biblical heartland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think you can, I think you can do both. Let me ask you about Iran and how much that influence in the region, their influence in the region kind of helped potentially to a degree, broker this deal, not that they brokered any sort of deal, but they're lurking in the background, and UAE, I would think, have a vested interest to see a stronger relationship with Israel. Well, look, UAE and Israel and other countries in the Gulf share a common enemy, which is Iran. Right. And, you know, common enemies are, are uh, significant inducements uh, to bring countries closer together, but that's, that's not all it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my uh, uh, experiencing this process unfold, I was struck not just by the, um, by the recognition of the ability to protect against common threats, mm -hmm. but just the massive amount of upside that was available, independent of Iran, independent of the enemies, just the ability that the, these two countries have so much to achieve together. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. I think we have 
great things to look forward to yeah. in this relationship. By the way, you and look, that is some sensible uh, commentary or some analysis, if you will, from David Friedman. But with uh, the Biden administration, it's a Rand deal 2.0, not calling out Hamas on what they did, which is terrorism. Hey, Elon Omar, I've got news for you. Israel did not commit any sort of terrorist act against Hamas. Hamas started it. Hamas, they're the ones that are terrorists, and they did it in civilian areas because they're using the Palestinian people as shields. They're a bunch of cowards. Send that to Hamas. They're a bunch of cowards. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. You gotta, you gotta love Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's such a muckraker. You gotta love her. Conservative. A conservative muckraker. Take a look uh, at this tweet she put up. Uh, you know, she talked to AOC uh, again uh, up on Capitol Hill, and she says this, you chickened out because you were too scared to debate me about your social screen new deal. You were also a hate America terrorist sympathizer. Hashtag Jihad Squad. Members of Congress do not support terrorism and shouldn't be afraid to debate their legislation. So what she's referring to is on Capitol Hill. She went up to AOC and uh, basically uh, said all of this. And the Washington Post reports it, or excuse me, CNN and others report it as this shouting match, or at least uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene shouting at AOC. Anyhow, we'll get to that in a moment. Nancy Pelosi was asked about this, this whole kerfuffle. I love that word, kerfuffle. Uh, today on Capitol Hill, uh, and this is what she said about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, the verbal assault and real abuse uh, of our colleague, Congresswoman uh, 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 AOC. <laughs> the, it's so beyond the pale of anything that is in keeping with bringing honor to the House or not bringing dishonor to the House. It's so beyond the pale that you wonder, is this, it probably is a matter for the ethics committee. Oh, give me a break. It's called freedom of speech. Give me a break. And by the way, I like how she's like, you know, uh, the Congresswoman, um, AO, AOBOCGFF. She didn't know. Oh, yeah, AOC. It's like she was pulling a full Biden there. Uh, anyhow, here's what Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, said in response to, <laughs> to Nancy Pelosi today. Uh, actually, hashtag or ash, at Speaker Pelosi, the ethics committee should look into AOC for putting Trump administration staff and supporters on lists to destroy their lives and prevent future employment. She threatened the livelihoods of Americans for simply being Republicans. By the way, there was no screaming. And yeah, because fake news once again uh, implemented at CNN and other places. Marjorie Taylor Greene saying she never screamed at AOC. You know what? This was probably. Can I do an imitation? Not that I do imitations of Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she probably went up to AOC and said, hey, AOC, you know, a little raise her voice a little. Hey, AOC, why are you back in Antifa? Why? And all of a sudden it's a screaming match. All of a sudden, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going all Second Amendment. Uh, on AOC. Give, give me a freaking break. I, oh, did I say freaking? I can say that. Can I say, Madison, can I say freaking? Um, <laughs> Madison says I can't say freaking. I just said it again. <laughs> 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. The end of the show, Joe Weber. That's all I have to say. End of the show, Joe Weber here, news editor, justthenews.com. Joe, what do you got going? couple things here for you. One thing I think one of the most interesting things that uh, West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin said that he's not going to support uh, the um, for the people voting rights. He's instead going to support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act of 1965. This was put forth by uh, House member John Lewis, as we all know, the Georgia's um, congressman and civil rights icon. He essentially, his bill is a slimmed down version of the larger one, and he wants to basically restore the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Uh, and Manchin has decided that he's going to do this after seeing that, um, you know, the For the People Act in the House and the Senate that the Democrats are pushing largely just doesn't have the votes, particularly after that food fight, which was the Senate Rules Committee uh, earlier this week, where both sides didn't agree on anything. Chuck Schumer, um, House Major- Senate Majority Leader, and um, Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, uh, traded shots in a rare performance in front of a, a committee rather than just using the House floor. Yeah, so this John Lewis Civil Rights Act has basically, it, it's not even a watered-down version of H.R. 1. It really doesn't have anything to do with H.R. 1. You're really right about that. What it really does is try to restore the 1965 Voting Rights Act that Congress, I mean, Supreme Court overturned in 2013, which essentially the original one said that if there shows discrimination in states in voting, then the federal government has to has oversight over what states, uh, the state laws that they want to change. That's that's really it. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go over with everybody else, but obviously Manchin, and you know as well as I do, uh, is trying to split the difference here because he's a moderate in a Republican-leaning state, and he simply knows that he can't vote for that. And I guess he truly doesn't feel as if it can pass. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe Weber, good stuff. I appreciate that. Thanks for giving our audience an update on that. Have a great day. Same to you. All right. Well, thank you. Glad we got that out of the way. Uh, He's going to have a great day. I hope to have a great day. By the way, once again, Joe Manchin, it's unbelievable. This is what America's come to. What does Joe Manchin think? That's what it comes down to. Because let's be honest, if he was okay with H.R. 1 and same with Kirsten Sinema, H.R. 1 is going to be a done deal. Why? Because Joe Manchin would also have to be, be okay with the filibuster. He's not okay with the filibuster. But if he was okay with changing the legislative filibuster, everything passes through, including H.R. 1 and D.C. statehood, and I go on and on and on. All right, uh, speaking about going on and on, we have a show again tomorrow, and tomorrow we have uh, Madison on the show. Not Madison, the producer, not James Madison, but Congressman, now if we got James Madison, that would be a great get. Can we work on that? Uh, It's Congressman uh, Madison Corthorn. Come on.